0: All right, so we're gonna get started right away, just because I'm gonna have to cut out early tonight, because uh, I have a meeting at the kids' school at seven forty-five. So we'll go hopefully somewhere between twenty and twenty-five. So uh, I guess fortunately, last week we did not finish the parak, the opening uh, paragraph to uh, Kabbalah Shabbos that uh, that we began so we will try and finish that off tonight and then uh, next week we'll be able to uh, to begin the uh, the second paragraph Hopefully, we will be able to begin and cover the uh, the second paragraph so just um to make sure that we are back uh uh in terms of what we are trying to uh to read um that appears now okay yes. so yes. we are we are picking it up from uh those that word was just, just highlighted over there is where so we'll just read and translate and then we'll go back to the Malbim, which is where we left off, so that we can understand, uh get back into the approach that the Malbim was uh, was taking. So we're saying now remember that the Malbim has said that what the the uh what is contrasting over here is um how the non-Jews of the world are going to how they perceive God and how they will perceive God in the future era when uh, when the world is set to straight versus the way the Jewish people with the way Klal Yisrael perceives and will perceive God and will be perceived by the other nations after the time of the uh, of the Geula. So here we say, "Asher uh, lo asahu." So we're we're putting. Uh, I could just do it this way that the sea is his and he made it via beshes and the dry land his hand his his hands formed come let us bow down that's uh, on the ground uh face uh hands and feet spread out and we will bow and bend our knees vinivra sorry is we're going to bend over our head and our neck is let us kneel uh, and then it goes on, Before Hashem, who went ahead and made us. Why? Because He is our God. And we are the people of His pasture, the ones that He is like our shepherd. The flock of His hand. And that will continue even into today, assuming that we listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's voice. And as we mentioned last week, the reason why we emphasize that is because that it's a call to the Jewish people, do not harden your hearts as you did in Meriva, one of the times in the desert when we rebelled against God, or like the day in Masa, where also the Jews rebelled against God. Asher nisunevoseichem gamru fali that your ancestors went ahead and they tested me and they tried me to see if I possessed the trait and then to see if they uh, are able to, if, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to use that particular trait. And they tested me, which is astonishing, even though they saw all of the miracles and all of the wonders which I did to go ahead and save them. And then, um, okay, I think that's enough for us to see. I, I, I think that's enough for us to see to be able to make our way through the uh, the Mablam over here. So now, uh, the Malbim is now going to pick it up where we're talking about, we, we talked about God being the one who created this sea and all that's in it, in the land and everything which is, uh, which is, uh, he, he went ahead and formed. So now the Malbim says as follows. Make it a little bit bigger. We say, Asher uh, Shiha Suvin. So the sequence of the Psukim, the meaning of the Psukim are, he says, Lechol uh, Elohim, who el Gado, mel Gado. So for all of the other gods, meaning really for all of the other nations, so God is great and he is a powerful king. Why? Because he possesses the depths of the land. And they also perceive God is a great and mighty king because the Gashbaruch is the one who created the sea and he's the one who oversees it and is in charge of the entire The entire sea, Ratzal In other words, that the nations are going to perceive God by His general interaction with the world, with the physical world. They're going to now perceive all the world will now perceive and recognize that God is the one who created the land, the mountains, and all of the seas. So they will now acknowledge God as Creator. But we, the Jewish people, at that time in the future, we will bow, we will bend our heads, and we will bend our knees in acknowledgement and in recognition of God. Why? Because we don't simply see God as the creator of the universe, but because we're going to see Him as our God, meaning a personal God, and the one who shepherds us, the one who oversees what's happening. So the non-Jews of the world don't see hashkacha pratis, they don't see divine providence of God interacting with uh, with themselves or even the Jewish people. But we certainly do recognize that. And the reason why we see this personal relationship with Akarish Hu is because we're able to discern the things which he does uniquely for us and the favors, the good things which he does, the, the individual specific good things which he does to the Jewish people. And he says, this is the, the uh, is now explaining this enormous difference between the, the way Jews are going to, even in the future, the way Jews perceive God and non-Jews. Because the non-Jews are only going to be able to discern and recognize God by his general behavior. Because they're all they're going to see is they're going to recognize that Baruch who created everything with this in this wondrous manner. So rather than attributing everything to nature, they'll recognize that there is a creator who went ahead and put all of that in place. But that's all they see. They just see this general picture of God as a creator. And they'll also recognize that God has been overseeing the universe to make sure that it continues to exist. But they're the extent, they're going to be limited in what they perceive because they're only going to see that God maintains the universe by virtue of the fact that He put in place laws of nature and the laws of nature are this wondrous thing which allows the world to sort of self-perpetuate. You could just think of it as an example, the water cycle. So it rains, it falls into the rivers, we drink it, it comes out, and then it goes. It, it evaporates, goes back up to the clouds again. So all of that stuff, is it cycles around, the circle of life, so all of that, that's how they're going to perceive G-d. All of which HaKadosh Baruch put in place in the original six days of creation. And everything which they're going to perceive about God is only going to be to make sure to maintain the universe as it is. And maintenance of the universe, and here's a powerful point he's making, maintenance of the universe has nothing to do with the Bechira exercise, the free choice exercise by mankind. Hakadosh Baruch Hu keeps nature running just because He keeps nature running, and it's not a reward for mankind listening to God or some sort of punishment, or that it would be destroyed if HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if they do not listen to God. Nature continues to go just because Hakadosh Baruch Hu said there's going to be laws of nature which you cannot violate. But then in the next pasuk, we go on to say, <laughs> We don't recognize or discern God's presence by virtue of these general behaviors which he does. Because for us, we call ourselves and we say, we call ourselves, we call our, our, our fellow Jews to bow before God. Not because is the creator. That's not why we worship God. asanu. But it's because He created us as the Jewish people to be His nation. So our connection to God, what we perceive about God, is the personal relationship that God has with the Jewish people. It's Yitzias Mitzrayim-based rather than uh, creation-based. The first way by which we're able to recognize God is what he does with the Jewish people, and then we work backwards from there to creation. But our initial interaction with God was not on a creation basis. It was on Yetzirah Misraim. It was based on the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us very, uh, loves us very deeply. And then, then we say, Kihu Elokeinu. Then we recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is our God, meaning Anachnu, let me get the page break um, out. Cool. Yeah, Anachnu, we, we discern God's presence in the universe by virtue of the unique relationship He has with the Jewish people. In Lo Ayideh Habriah Klalis. It's not because of our general perception of creation. We're not seeing God as the creator. That's not our initial interaction, or that's not our first impression of God. But rather, our first impression of God is, inter- is his interaction with the Jewish people. That there's a relationship, there's a dveikos, there's an attachment which exists between God and the Jewish people, and this is something which is incredibly important for us to, uh, to to be mindful of. If you remember, lots of people are talking about it because of what's going on in the world right now. But uh, Rashi at the very beginning of Sefer Brasius asks, Why doesn't the Torah begin with uh, Hachodesh rosh the Torah? Should really begin with the first of the commandments, not first of the Ten Commandments, but the first commandment which is given to the Jewish people. Because if we see the Torah is nothing more than a law book with instructions of things which we are supposed to do and not supposed to do, so then begin with the laws. But you have an entire safer of stories, all the way from the beginning of creation, creation, all the way to where Yaakov and his sons go down to Mitzrayim with Yosef as the uh, the prime minister, as the one who's second in, in charge. So why do we need all of the stories, as interesting as they are, and as fun as it is as a rabbi to give drushes about them? But nonetheless, what is the uh, the point of that if it's all supposed to be a, a law book? Because ultimately, we see God as one who took us out of Mitzrayim. He took us to be His nation so that He could give us the Torah. So if that's the whole purpose, is just so that we should see Him. Uh, we should accept the mitzvahs because we know he took us out of Mitzvahim. That's really where things should begin in the Torah. And indeed, the Malbim is saying that that's really how Jews initially perceive God. Our initial impression, our first impression of God is the fact that he takes care of us. shehu It's because, number one, he is our God. That's how we perceive him. And from our perspective, we say that we are the nation that he pastures, meaning the nation that he shepherds and the sheep that he guides with his hands. So from his perspective, he's God. From our perspective, we're the nation which he shepherds, which he carefully watches over and cares for. So this is a huge difference, that even though the Asid Lavo, even though in the time of the Gula, there's going to be this universal recognition of God, but the universal recognition of God will still be different between the way the Jewish people are going to perceive God versus the non-Jews are going to perceive God. They will do nothing more than see behind the veil of nature and see that God is behind that. So that time we'll say, look behind the curtain and pay attention to what's behind the curtain. So that's what's going to happen over there on their end of things. But on our end of things, things are not going to change that much because we're going to, we've always seen and we've always perceived God as having this unique relationship with us. And that idea is just going to be reinforced. That'll be further reinforced when the ultimate Geula comes. But that's still going to be dramatically different than the perception that the non Jews have of God. Then the problem says, Od ye There's another difference, another important distinction which needs to be emphasized. Im that the relationship that the Creator has with His creation. Ha-chafshis. So, like we said, that the fact that the nations of the world exist they don't exist because they are making good choices in terms of their Bechira Chavshis, in terms of their free choice. That's not, why the, that's not why the universe exists, that one is not connected to the other. The existence of the universe is something which is just by virtue of the fact that God created. And we have to add to that last week's parsha by Noach that after the flood, Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised that He's no longer going to go ahead and mess around with seasons and whatnot in order to uh, to destroy the world. But the reason why nature and all of that exists and the universe exists is just because Hakadosh Baruch Hu put in place that these things are absolutely going to exist, and they're not going to be uh, Hakadosh Baruch Hu isn't going to undo them no matter how badly we behave the flood in the noah story was a unique thing but after that we see at the end of the parsha when the when mankind or much of mankind rebels against god again trying to, trying to build a tower to fight against god god doesn't fight them through overriding nature he just goes ahead and messes around with their language. He gives everybody Google Translate, and then you get all these different translations which are coming out at the same time. And now nobody can communicate because they're all speaking a different language. But he didn't go ahead and start messing around with the actual laws of nature. Veinodavra mischadesh, and the universe is not renewed on a regular basis. Vo davra hatali And it has nothing to do with whether or not mankind wants the universe to exist or doesn't want the universe to exist. The universe is going to exist. Valze Amar, and in reference to that perspective, so the David says, "Asher biyado that Hakadosh Baruch is in possession of the depths of the uh, of the world." Um, no, as earlier, in other words, should Davra Hataler This is something which is in God's hands. Because he's the one who created, he's the one who put the laws of nature in place, and therefore, this is all within God's hands to so go ahead and keep those things running. And even those things in nature, which over time have changed slightly, meaning, like there are mountains, which, according to the Malvin, they were not part of the original creation, they grew subsequent to creation or the sea, which was formed on a, a later day where there was sea and dry land. Dry land. So all of that is attributed to Hakarish Baruch Hu. So he put all of that in, in place, but it's nothing at all to do with a good exercise of our Bechira, a good exercise of our free choice or not. That It is because it is. Avichus Hashem im Amo, but different than that, vastly different, is the relationship which Hakarish Baruch Hu has with his nation. The relationship between Klau Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is vastly different. Because the standing of that relationship and the nature and the character of that relationship at any given time depends entirely on how Klau Yisrael is choosing. Are we choosing well to be closer to God or are we choosing in a way which is going to wedge us away from God? And therefore, it's constantly being renewed every time we choose. When we collectively choose achtus so then a positive energy is going to come. There's a, a there's a closer dvekas which we have with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, when Klal Yisrael chooses machlokas, so then Hakadosh Baruch Hu distances himself from Klal Yisrael. So all of that, the nature of that relationship is dynamic, and it changes based on how we exercise our brichira. But he, therefore, Daven says that which God is our God, umash in the fact that we are His nation and the herd which He goes at or the flock which He shepherds, hayom that's something which is renewed; it's constantly being retooled and reevaluated and recalculated on a daily basis. vitali senu and it depends on our bechira if. And this is what it revolves around. That in the event that we listen to God's voice, so then the relationship will be stronger and there will be a benefit for us. More positive energy will come our way. But if we go ahead and we make bad choices, we rebel against God collectively. So then that's going to generate a negative energy. It's going to bring a negative energy into the world. And that's going to create more distance and less dvekas that we have with the Baruch Hu. And then it says... We say, do not uh, harden your heart. And if you remember, we mentioned last week from the Malbim, he's going to say it again now, that hardening of the heart is a term which we use when somebody knows the facts, but they refuse to acknowledge them or they've refused to incorporate them into their behavior or into their perception. So we say, you're being stubborn. Stubborn stubborn and ignorant is not the same thing. If a person is ignorant, so we're not saying that they're stubborn. But if a person knows what the truth is, and they refuse to acknowledge it, or they refuse to uh, adjust based on that, so that already is a stubbornness. So he says, Being that our relationship with God is something which depends on our behavior, whether or not we're we're listening to God or not. Roi... So that's why to the Jewish people specifically and uniquely, Davon HaMelech says, don't be stubborn. What do you mean, don't be stubborn? When it comes to the nations of the world, where Akash Baruch Hu's arm, his strength, was never revealed with signs and wonders, The rest of the world never experienced the Yetzias Mitzrayim. So we can't hold them accountable and force them and say, you have to recognize God in divine providence, because they have no firsthand experience to be able to see that. So "So if they don't recognize God and his divine providence, how he interacts individually in this world, we can't really say that they're stubborn for refusing to recognize that because they never experienced it. So if they never experienced this, so how are they supposed to know that it's happening, that we could, we could properly characterize and say, you're being stubborn for refusing to recognize that. And he says, because, and this is what we talked about before, you mentioned this last week, Ellen, this idea of hardening of the heart, who is, is applicable, Hashem when a person sees the work of Hashem and his wonders, and yet you harden your heart and you say, la, 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 I'm not listening. You say something along those lines. kasov, v'ani aksha paro. So that's what happened. Paro saw all the wonders of Akharas Baruchu. He saw all of the plagues. He should have responded to those plagues by saying, "Yes, there is a God. He is a creator, and clearly He loves the Jewish people." But Paro stubbornly said, "La la 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 la. I'm not listening to your God, and I don't care what He does." So he was being stubborn in that regard because he had firsthand experience of what God was doing. So by Paro, we could say that we could use this for this phrase of Hiksha. Uh, 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 that a stubbornness of the heart, but the nations of the world in general don't have that experience. And we could say that if they don't recognize God's personal interaction in the world, that they're being stubborn. But you, the Jewish people, Hashem you did see and experience all the wondrous things that Shekharish Baruch Hu has done. Asher Asa, and that which he did. If you refuse to recognize God's God's divine providence, if you refuse to recognize and to listen to God, when you've had that personal experience with HaKadosh Baruch Hu responding to you, in caring for you as only a caring, lovered shepherd would care for his, uh, for his flock, then that would actually be considered to be stubbornness on your part. And that's why David HaMelech says, no, 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 don't do that. Make sure... Uh, uh, make sure that you go ahead and you listen to God's voice. I'll talk And don't be stubborn and pretend that you didn't have an experience, which you actually did. In the way that the Jewish people were stubborn when they arrived at Meriva and when they were in Masa in the wilderness, where they refused to recognize Hakaj Hu, despite the fact that Gash took such good care of them by taking them out of Misraim with all the plagues and Kriyas Yamsuf and all, and, and all of that stuff. So this, as we said, is the uh, opening paragraph of Kabbalah Shabbos. And this is the opening paragraph that uh, David HaMalch is presenting us in terms of how there's going to be a universal perception of God in the universe at the time of the Gula. But he's highlighting and emphasizing the fact that there's going to be two different perceptions of God. There's going to be the nations of the world will perceive God only as the creator. That's going to be the extent of their recognition of God. Whereas the Jewish people are going to see that they have a unique personal relationship with God, which is dynamic depending on how we behave. And therefore, being that, it's a dynamic relationship. And there's a give and take. So we have to make sure that we are uh, attentive to that, and we are listening to God so that we can generate the positive energy in our, in our direction, rather than a negative energy by refusing to listen to, to our Baruch Okay. So... Uh, Thank you, Rabbi. Okay, so we are